time for the Retirement Roadmap Podcast with registered financial consultant, Glenn Mosseller. Well, hey there, and welcome to another edition of the Retirement Roadmap Podcast. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Glenn Mosseller, registered financial consultant and the founder and president of Roadmap Financial Consulting, serving you throughout the Greensboro area with an office on Mears Chapel Road. You can find us by going online to Roadmap Financial. Com. That's RoadmapFinancial.com. Find out about uh, all sorts of great financial information on the website and how to schedule a virtual meeting with Glenn and go through your financial situation plus much more. Go check it all out at RoadmapFinancial.com. Glenn, great to have you with us this week. How are you, sir? Hey, Walter. I'm doing pretty good. Hope you are. Yeah, doing great. And uh, I, I really am looking forward to today's program with you, Glenn. It's one of those episodes where we kind of look at a different smattering of topics across the financial world, where we just take a look at some of the common questions uh, that you tend to get in your office on, uh, my guess is probably a daily basis, Glenn. <laughs> You're at least getting some of these questions uh, each and every day. And I guess I shouldn't say in the office as much anymore, both in the office and probably probably uh, online and teleconferencing and uh, video conferencing and that sort of thing, right? Yeah, no, Walter, it's interesting how things are, you know, obviously in these uh, days, you know, of the coronavirus, it's like, you know, we were going through all these different stages and so forth. And obviously everything's trying to open up, but we're seeing surges and, you know, in cases, but different news reports telling us different things. And in essence, what, what we're finding is, is, you know, a lot of folks are, you know, still wanting to meet, obviously, and, and you know, and, and go over their situations and, you know, and discuss and, you know, and even just do inter- introductory discovery type meetings. But we're doing more and more things over the phone and, and as well on online, just simply because it's, you know, everybody's wanting to stay in a safe environment. And that's absolutely, you know, something that we can accommodate and do and, um, and we're doing on a regular basis. It's interesting how how everything's evolving, but since we have the technology, it it, it makes it relatively easy to to make that transition. So we're not missing a beat. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad to hear that you've been able to kind of pick up and run with the ball in this new world that we're in. And I know that, uh, you know, it's on a lot of people's minds. How can I still properly play? And even if it's, you know, it's not something I'm comfortable with coming in to meet with somebody, we're all going through that through different elements of life, not just when it comes to financial planning, but, you know, everyone's made adjustments to how they grocery shop, how they, <laughs> how they go, you know, shopping for furniture and those kinds of things. It was funny. We were talking about going and buying a new couch just the other day. And it was kind of like, well, that's kind of weird. Like, yeah, we could go shop for it in the traditional ways by going to the furniture stores, but boy, it's sitting on a couch that a whole bunch of other people go and sit on and wearing your masks doing it. You know, it just kind of felt like that'd be a really weird trip. And I just, that doesn't sound <laughs> as much fun as it used to be to like go furniture shop and things like that. You right. know? Yeah, so. no, it, it, it's, it's a whole new world for sure. And it, uh, it's, as we say, it's going to be an evolving normal, right? I mean, yeah. it's like we're going to have a new normal, but it's, it's going to keep moving and changing. And I mean, obviously, we've been in a fast-paced world for quite some time, but, you know, it's accelerating even that much more. And, and how people shop, what people do, and, you know, and how people conduct businesses is, is, is changing very rapidly. That's a great point. Well, we've got, uh, as I mentioned, a smattering of common questions that you'd uh, get in the office and virtually nowadays, Glenn. So let's go through a couple of these um, that I think will be worthwhile bringing up on today's show. Uh, so the first one has to do with you know, meeting with a financial advisor. But when somebody kind of has this situation where, I don't know, maybe it's a couple, and let's say the husband says, you know what, we're fine handling investments ourselves. Um, I think we can kind of DIY the whole financial and retirement planning thing without a financial advisor. You know, a lot of people wonder, is it okay to plan for retirement 
without help, without that outside assistance? Well, Walter, you know, I mean, as, as, as we've said in many, many past shows, I mean, this is that answer that everybody kind of says, oh, my goodness, it truly depends. Right. And, you know, and and so let's talk about, you know, what it depends upon. But, you know, I mean, there are some folks out there that are very good at, uh, you know, at, at do it yourself, you know, and particularly maybe they're pretty good at, you know, doing the research and picking particular funds or particular companies or different things like that. And they've done quite well for themselves. And that's a great thing. You know, that's that's not something that they necessarily want to just completely put on the shelf at, you know, at some point necessarily. But one of the big questions is, is, you know, number one, how old are you? And kind of a sub question to that is, is how close are you to retirement? You know, and then secondly, I mean, if you know, if, if you are, you know, kind of, you know, moving in that direction as, as everybody is. But if you're close or you're getting ready to pull the trigger, you know, the question is, is, you know, is, you know, saving for retirement and putting money away the same as planning for income in retirement. Obviously, those are those are two different things. And, you know, another big piece of that puzzle, Walter, is, is that, you know, typically when I talk to folks, when we sit down and, and we discuss, you know, hey, you know, I've been pretty successful at doing this and that and, you know, and, and, and what's the purpose and why, you know, why should I need another advisor or, you know, other than myself? And one of the questions comes up as to in that pursuit, I mean, if, if you're a married couple, you know, are both people involved in the in those decisions and in that in that learning and, and knowing and understanding about what those strategies are and, and how, how they're doing things? And, and typically the answer is no. I mean, typically it's one person is doing that and the other person is, you know, kind of relying on the other, you know, in that in that you know, area of life. And, you know, and, and so the, the challenge becomes, well, what happens if, if something happens to that person who's doing, you know, the, you know, the, the, the research and the picking of the, of, you know, where to position money to and that kind of thing, you know, it, it becomes a situation where one person is, is really well-informed and the other person is not. And if something happens to that well-informed person, the person who doesn't have that information or that knowledge base, you know, is, is kind of left out there and, you know, and, and they're not sure what to do. So, you know, what I would suggest is, is that it never does any harm to, you know, to have conversations, right? Those who are do-it-yourselfers tend to like to learn and, you know, figure out different strategies and that kind of thing. And I would suggest, you know, to most people, particularly if you're approaching the retirement years or maybe you're already in the retirement years, if you've been a do-it-yourselfer all along, it's probably not a bad thing to have some second opinion conversations and, you know, and find out, you know, some, you know, some additional strategies that might be out there. And if nothing else, I mean, you know, the, you know, just discover what other things that are in the in the marketplace that maybe you don't necessarily have access to as a as a regular consumer that other professionals might have as well as you know other ways that and other strategies that you know that an advisor might be able to protect your you know your spouse or your loved ones if something happened to you and that's normally you know one of the the weak links in the idea of do it yourself I, you know i I've, I've seen folks that are do it yourselfers and some are really successful some are you know somewhat successful some are not as good as that they would like to be but at the same time virtually everybody no matter who you are can you know can learn and you know and, and discover some things that, that that can that can enhance your position as well as you know possibly protect those people that you care about the most. It's like with anything, you can DIY it, but uh, it comes with its risks, and you have to decide if your life savings is, you know, worth leaving up to some of those risks, some of those chances. So, it's a good question to ask yourself and to uh, ask an advisor. You know, what do you get? What value do you get out of that help? What problems can it help you avoid? 
um, definitely a common question that we see throughout the financial and retirement landscape. All right, uh, here's another one for you, Glenn, to take things in a little bit different direction. Let's talk about cash and life insurance policies. Let's say somebody has about $50,000 in cash value in an old life insurance policy. The actual number could certainly be higher or lower. Maybe this is you, though, that has some money in a you know a cash value of a life insurance policy. Say you don't really need the insurance anymore, Glenn. Should you just cash that out and invest the money somewhere else? What should be done in situations like that, or how do those conversations with clients usually evolve? Well, Walter, I mean, it's always an interesting conversation, right? And for the first question is is you know when you know when when somebody says well, they don't need life insurance anymore it's just like well let's let's explore that because maybe that's true maybe that's not true you know just it, you know somewhat depends you know are they, are they married is their spouse still living do they have enough resources that if something happens to them that that there's going to be enough income stream there for the surviving spouse you know, is, is, is it, you know, at the passing of, of, of one spouse, is, is there going to be a, a change in terms of income? And, and then along with that, you know, if the income, if the income number changes some, you know, what will, what will happen with the tax brackets? And it's not uncommon for a situation where one spouse passes away, the income goes down to some degree, but yet the tax brackets and the and the thresholds that, that determine what tax bracket you're in and your ability to have you know deductions you know gets cut in half, and so it ends up in, in in some cases where folks you know the the surviving spouse has less income, but yet they've moved into a higher tax bracket. So you know sometimes that you know that life insurance that that death benefit can help bridge that gap. Another thing in there is is that. You know, depending upon how much you can get into some of the the, you know, the the tax aware questions, but there might be if you cash that out, there might be some tax consequences on the earnings of a policy if you don't let it go all the way to a death benefit. Right. And so some folks are not aware that there might be some tax implications of cashing that out. The other piece of that is, is that some old policies you know, you may have, may have some cash value there, and maybe, maybe you know, when you go through all these questions that we were just discussing, maybe the answer to all those is, is that, yeah, hey, you're still okay, and you know, and you maybe don't don't need it as much as you once did. But then the question comes into, well, what about long-term care or chronic care? What is your strategy for that? And I'll oftentimes, you know, what ends up happening is when we have those conversations, it's like, whoops, well, that's that's an area that we really need to, to focus on because we don't really have any kind of hedges against that, that kind of risk. And that's where some of the newer insurance policies that are out there sometimes address that with, with additional riders that you can potentially add on to a policy that can give you that kind of hedge against a, you know, a long-term care risk or a chronic you know, care risk. You know, and if and if you need it, then that's there for you. But if you don't need it, then the death benefit is still there. So it ends up being a you know a, a win-win situation for either you and, and or your heirs. And sometimes you know if if you if you're still in good health, you know you can transfer or it's not really a rollover. It's actually you know what we would call it. 1035 exchange where you actually move the cash value from one policy to another. It's a similar transaction to what you would think about, you know, maybe like rolling over your 401k to an IRA. It's different, but it has some similarities. And sometimes in that ca- in those cases, we can we can kind of reposition that that insurance money to, you know, to update your policy to give you some more protections that you don't currently have and, you know, make that make that money work, you know, in multiple ways for you. So, you know, you just be careful in terms of just just, you know, saying, well, I don't need this anymore and just go cashing it out 
before you do that, you know, it's always wise to see what are your options and, you know, and what could it be used for and how can it be, de- you know, how can it be deployed in the most efficient manner versus just, you know, just saying, hey, I just gonna, I'm going to get rid of this thing. Well, those are all good points, Glenn, and makes a lot of sense. Uh, we're talking about common questions in the financial and retirement planning worlds on today's show. I'm going to put myself in a fun hypothetical here, Glenn. Um, you know, let's say I told myself that once I hit a million dollars in my portfolio that I'd move a lot of that money to cash, kind of continuing this conversation on cash here, but from a new angle. But now that I'm at a million, feels pretty good, I'm thinking I can get to 1.2 million before I make that move. What do you say to somebody who kind of has that mindset where they keep moving those goalposts of their various goals? <laughs> well, Walter, again, I mean, it, it, it somewhat depends, right? I mean, you know, in how old are you? You know, how close are you to retirement? What other resources do you have? You know, is there Social Security? Is there, are you a married couple? Is, is there going to be two Social Security checks? Are there any pensions involved? What are your needs for, you know, for cash flow with the money that you've set aside for retirement? You know, do you need for that money to produce income? And if so, how much? Have you, you know, set money aside, you know, in, in some manner to hedge against the long-term care risk that like we were just talking about? Do you have any kids or grandkids that you want to leave things to? You know, all of those things are going to come into the question and the picture about, you know, what do you do with funds once you've reached certain, you know, certain, you know, goalposts, so to speak. And, you know, so the answer might be somewhat different to for different folks, depending upon what their situations are. You know, typically, you know, if you set certain goals, I mean, you, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, you, you look at, you reassess the situation and, and life is a dynamic process. Let's face it. I mean, you may end up, you know, reevaluating at the same time, you know, oftentimes folks, you know, end up with a situation where they think, well, it's going to be all or nothing. You know, I'm going to do, I'm going to do everything in this direction, or I'm just going to, you know, continue to keep doing what I'm doing. And sometimes the answer is somewhere in between that, right? I mean, there, there might be a middle way, so to speak. You know, there might be, it's like, well, maybe you reposition part of that, you know, you take some risk off the table, but maybe you allow some additional monies to, you know, to, you know, to continue to be in there with, with some, you know, with some risk or possibly, you know, more, more risk with it. You know, we talk about, you know, diversification, the retirement type is diversification besides just asset class and, and that kind of thing. You know, we start to look at, you know, uh, time models and time diversification in terms of what you, what do you need right now, like in the next year or six months to a year, you know, then we have a, you know, that's kind of the now, now bucket, so to speak. You know, then we have the soon bucket, which is what are you going to need over the next, you know, maybe five to 10 years, you know, and then we have the later bucket, which is like maybe 10 years and beyond, you know, and so you start thinking about that. If you're going to need to start drawing money from those resources, you know, have you, have you adequately diversified yourself in terms of, in terms of time segments and, you know, and, and segmenting your money in, in that way. And the other piece of that is, of course, you know, diversification within within the tax nature of, of your different types of accounts. You know, how much of your money is, is you know, is in is in taxable accounts or or tax deferred accounts or, or tax advantaged or tax free accounts. You know, different folks are in different situations, but all of that's going to play a role in terms of, you know, how much money do you really have and how much is really yours versus how much in, in any given account might be, you know, might have some tax liability to it. And so we, you know, we kind of really need to evaluate the whole picture 
that's kind of a you know the the resounding theme you know of, of the of the podcast and what we do here you know at Roadmap Financial. We always want to look at the whole picture first before we start making you know prescriptions, so to speak. And we, we want to really see you know where are you, what are your goals, what's your time frame? Do you have exposure to some risks that you don't necessarily need to continue to have? You know, are there ways to reposition things in such a way that you know, that you can you know maybe maybe you know take off some risk without necessarily giving up the you know the the possibilities of growth and you know and that's a you know a discovery type process that you know i would encourage you know the vast majority of people to you know to engage into you know if they're if they're in that place you know let's let's have a conversation well all great points glenn and i think it's important to have these kinds of conversations if anything like this is on your mind don't hesitate to reach out to Glenn and have a conversation. You can go to RoadmapFinancial.com, click on the free consultation button at the bottom of the page to schedule a time to meet either in person or remotely. Uh, you can meet vid- video conference or just have a conversation on the phone to get started, uh, certainly whatever you're comfortable with, RoadmapFinancial.com. Click on free consultation to have that conversation. All right, Glenn, let me put myself in uh, someone else's shoes here. Uh, let's say that uh, my spouse and I are in our early 60s, and we haven't saved very much for retirement. In fact, uh, we're, we're the opposite of kind of the last scenario where we were, you know, pushing for that 1.2 million. Instead, we haven't saved anything at all. Uh, but we're about to sell, let's say, a farm to a you know new family, and the sale is going to net us just under a million dollars. We'll need to buy a house to move into, of course, since we're moving off the farm. But other than that. What should we do with this money? So you got somebody who's like built up their entire life savings over the course of many, many years to get to that million mark versus somebody who's maybe using an asset, whether it's real estate property or in this situation like a farm, just something like that where all of a sudden that million dollars or that whole retirement savings comes in one fell swoop. Right. That's a more rare situation, but they do happen, right? And and so you know, again, I mean, you know, it's it's not a one size fits all answer. You know, the answer is it really does depend. And so you know, one of the things that we want to look at is like you know, okay, you're in your early sixties, so you know, I have have both spouses. You know, have they both worked outside the home? You know, what what is what is their work history like? What are their social security benefits likely to look like? You know, what are their income needs? Right. Um, what is their desire in terms of their new house? In terms of you know, what do they want to move to? Do they want to you know move to something similar in value? Do they want to downsize? Do they want to move to a different area of the country? You know, all of those things come into play. Another big question is is you know in their work history, do they have any pension or you know pension money or pension you know that is going to be coming either as a, as a possibility of a lump sum. Or maybe as a you know as a, as an ongoing you know cash flow is that part of the question you know as as we look at this situation you know there's there's a there's a number of pieces to that puzzle but you know as you're moving towards retirement and obviously some you know as a couple that's that's in their early 60s is is beginning to think about those things you know you have to really answer it's like well okay let's think in terms of where is our income going to be coming from. Do you, you know, again, do we have Social Security? Do we have pension? You know, what is what is our baseline income? What is our baseline expenses? If we're going to be moving to a new house, what what expenses are going to be there with that? And, you know, and, and what, what are our cash flow needs? And, you know, and, and all those questions do come into play. Obviously, you're going to, you're, you know, you're probably not going to be thinking along the lines of putting all your eggs in one basket. And so probably that those proceeds from the sale of that farm are going to go into, you know, multiple places. But again, we, you know, the key is, is 
let's evaluate where you are, what your desires are, your goals, your concerns, and all those things. And um, you know, and, and you know, the one thing that we we don't know in this scenario either is is you know, is there any insurance in place? You know, is there life insurance or long term care insurance? I mean, you know, maybe there is, maybe there isn't. That certainly will come into play in terms of you know how we how we segment you know those those assets to you know to protect them and you know and then you know guide them through through the rest of their life. So again, you know, in one of those situations, I would really suggest it's like you know maybe you don't have a, a farm that you're getting ready to sell, but maybe that you're coming into an inheritance or or maybe there's you know, another piece another asset that's being sold or maybe a business that's being sold and you're you're looking to come into a a significant amount of money. I would caution you to be, you know, looking for a, you know, a quick answer as to what should we do. The answer is probably, you know, a little deeper than that and and probably needs some some discovery and some, you know, looking at what if scenarios and you know what's what's important to you and you know and what do you want the rest of your life to look like and then how do you make that money serve you rather than you trying to figure out well where do I put it how do I invest it well that's important but really the more important thing is is you know what is that money going to do for you as you approach and, and live in retirement you're uh, stripping away my million dollars pretty quickly here Glenn <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it's just we got to figure out where it's going to go and That's how it's right. going to work, right? And, it's a good and lesson so to learn, though, right? A million. It's going to be the same for everybody. Everybody's situation is going to be different. And, you know, and, and and really the thing to think about is, is that, you know, if you position some here and you position some there, it doesn't mean that you're that you're losing that money. It just means that you're that you're you're diversifying yourself in probably some retirement diversification strategies rather than just pure investment, you know, diversification strategies. Well, it's uh, a good lesson to learn that a million dollars isn't a million dollars. There's uh, there's a lot of things that eat into that pretty quickly when it comes to uh expenses and preparing. It's a lesson that a lot of IRA owners have had to learn over the years. You're sharing. You have a partner in that IRA, just as one other example there. All right, this has been fun, Glenn. I've enjoyed covering these common questions with you in the financial and retirement landscapes. One more scenario for you. Uh, Let's say that I've been with the same financial advisor for 20 years, uh, but it seems like he's phasing out of the business and passing things on to a younger advisor in the firm. Do you ever get the question from folks that are in a situation like that and wondering, should we stick with that team and, you know, adjust to this new person that's coming through? Or since we haven't interacted with the new advisor much, maybe, you know, it's taking a little bit longer to get questions answered and get response back as they go through the transition. Should I just go ahead and work with a whole new advisor team since it kind of feels like I'm doing that anyway at this point? Right. There's not a one size fits all. Certainly, you know, it's probably not a bad time to if if you're not getting your questions answered and you're and you're and you're struggling with that a little bit, probably not a bad idea to kind of you know, do some do some you know discovery and and maybe some second opinion you know looks at things you know I mean particularly you know if thinking if you've been with an advisor for 20 years you know maybe you're getting ready to retire or maybe you're already retired. And you have to kind of think in terms of, well, you know, what is the skill set of the advisor that is, you know, that is going to be taking over your account? You know, is that the skill set that you need? You know, you know, do they have the, you know, do they the, do they have the right stuff? <laughs> you know, I mean, is, is the, are they going to help guide you through, you know, what you need, you know, from uh, from an advisor? Maybe the answer is yes. Maybe the answer is no. 
You know, I mean, you have to think in terms of income strategies, you know, legacy planning. And I say legacy planning. Most people think of, you know, well, what are we going to leave to kids and grandkids? But that's only part of it. You know, legacy planning is, is, you know, what happens if something happens to one of the spouses? You know, how are you going to, you know, leave your, your the surviving spouse? You know, that's part of your legacy. So it's, it's, it's quite important to make sure that, you know, whatever strategies are in place are making sure that they're taking care of, you know, you and the people that you care about. You know, and um, you know, there's there's all of those pieces, income planning, you know, uh, the, the legacy that we were just talking about, taxes. There's a lot of pieces to that puzzle. And, you know, if, you, if you're in transition, it's probably not a bad idea to possibly interview, you know, another, you know, another advisor or two and just, you know, see, you know, what's there. Because if you've been with one person for, you know, for 20 years, you know, you might not be aware of, uh, you know, the, the different things that are out there at this point in time. You know, and that's not to say anything bad about that firm. I mean, you know, this is obviously this is kind of a hypothetical situation, but everybody's situation is different, and you got to really feel comfortable and confident that you're that you're working with the with the right person and the and you know and the right team. And um and you know, and if you're not getting questions answered, or if you're not really sure, then that should be a little bit of a red flag, if not a big red flag, to you know to say, hey, let's let's take a look around. Well, Glenn, this has been helpful information and uh, great to kind of uh, cover, I think, just a lot of ground in the financial world. And uh, I always love when we can do these shows where I can just kind of throw you a whole bunch of different things. I'm sure that's just what it's like in the office or over the phone when you talk with people. They've got 100 questions coming from all different angles, and you're able to handle them all smoothly. So I appreciate that. Uh, If you have questions for Glenn, want to talk out your own situation, feel free to reach out. You can schedule a time to meet in person or over the phone or via video conference and do a remote meeting as well. Call 336-291-3535. That's 336-291-3535. Or you can find him online at RoadmapFinancial.com. That's RoadmapFinancial.com. And you can click on the free consultation button at the bottom of the page and lots of other great resources there on the website as well. That's RoadmapFinancial.com. For Glenn Wasseller, I'm Walter Storholt. We'll talk to you next time right back here on the Retirement Roadmap Podcast. 